Welcome to the Horror Babble Originals podcast. A Baker's Dozen at the Zetland Hotel by Ian Gordon Chapter 2 The Girl at the Window Emma Norling arrived at the Zetland Hotel a little after 2.30pm that chilly December afternoon. She'd had business in the market town of Gisborough, a stressful affair involving an ailing relative. Aunt Ethel had become quite the cantankerous old spirit in her golden years, owing to her rapidly declining health. Dementia's a bugger. She'd yapped at Emma earlier that afternoon, prior to recognising the young lady as her niece. Aunt Ethel, propped up in bed by the living-room window of her modest terraced house on Gill Street, had further unsettled Emma by repeatedly referring to an unwanted visitor she'd received the night before. A young girl, she'd said. A child, apparently hell-bent on climbing in through the window. I told her to bugger off. The old lady had sputtered, pointing with a gnarled finger at the window in question. In the end, Emma had succeeded in calming her down, assisted in part by her faithful companion, Amadeus, a three-year-old dachshund. He was quite the charmer, that one. Amadeus seemed more than happy with his suite at the Zetland. A thorough sniffing escapade saw him occupied for well over twenty minutes, whilst Emma unpacked the scant supplies she'd brought along for the night. The twenty-something hadn't stayed at the Zetland before. When seeing to her aunt on previous occasions, she'd spent her nights there in Gisborough. But something had called her to the old hotel this year. Something inexplicable. Perhaps she'd had a yearning to gaze at the ocean, or to immerse herself in luxurious surroundings for a change. The drab single bed in the back bedroom at Aunt Ethel's was difficult to stomach night after night. Whatever the reason, she was going to make the most of her evening at the Zetland. Tired and concerned for her aunt, Emma lay back on the sizable bed and allowed her mind to wander. Amadeus joined her immediately, providing that special comfort unique to canines. After a while, she drifted off and slept contentedly and uninterrupted for several hours. Various images came to her as she slept, not quite dreams, but impressions, planted in the back of her mind earlier that afternoon, as she'd listened to the incoherent ramblings of her aunt. And though she'd been undisturbed by them whilst unconscious, her waking mind found them difficult to process. Wide awake now, she climbed to her feet and approached the window, eager to admit some fresh air. Beyond the glass, she observed the dark ocean in the distance. It was very calm, she noted, partially lit by a bright moon that was just out of sight. There was very little activity beyond the hotel, none as far as she could see just the ebb and flow of the plentiful waves, and the intermittent flapping of the Union Jack that guarded the entrance to the hotel. 
She was about to reach for the window latch when Amadeus appeared at her feet, growling. What he was growling at, Emma hadn't the foggiest, but he appeared to be looking up at the window, where absolutely nothing of note attracted her attention. What's up, boy? she asked, her youthful face a mask of concern. Amadeus barked a couple of times. Soft barks, they were, intended to convey a message of some sort. Something outside? Emma continued, motioning towards the glass. The sausage dog barked again, a single bark this time, which his master interpreted as yes. Frowning, Emma turned her attention back to the window. A dog's instincts should never be ignored. If a dog's attention is acutely focused on something, then it might very well be aware of something its master is not. Emma knew this only too well. Amadeus had come through for her before. Just six months earlier, a prowler had attempted to gain access to her home in Bradford. The intruder had successfully picked the lock belonging to the back door, and, if it hadn't been for Amadeus's uncanny senses and subsequent barking, the prowler would have made it inside to fulfil some nefarious objective. So, whatever it was that had caught his attention on this occasion, she was eager to investigate. Room two, after all, was on the ground floor. It wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility for a particularly motivated intruder to force the window open. But somehow she doubted that was the case. Something else was afoot here. Emma's thoughts returned to the conversation with her aunt earlier that afternoon. I told her to bugger off, Aunt Ethel had said, referring to the insistent girl she'd claimed had visited her in the night. And did she? Emma had replied. I reckon so, her aunt had affirmed. Not been back since. Emma shuddered then, as Amadeus resumed his low growling. What's going on, boy? She pressed bending down to stroke his shiny head. Once again, the dachshund barked a couple of times, trying desperately to communicate his instinctual knowledge of some dreadful phenomenon. Then Emma became aware of a presence at the window, saw it lingering there in the periphery of her vision, the hairs on the back of her neck climbing like flowers seeking the sun. Amadeus's growling ceased, abruptly cowed in the shadow of whatever it was that was hovering there. Emma knew what was standing there, knew it was precisely the thing that had visited her aunt just a matter of hours earlier. But why had it come to her? What did it want with her? Still, she refused to look, refused to look at the thing that had reduced her faithful companion to a browbeaten chicken. And then it spoke. The voice of a child, indeed, sounded without. Can I come in? Emma very much wanted to look, was desperate to put an end to the torturous suspense. But her gaze remained fixed upon Amadeus's cowed head. She had to hand it to her little companion. His brown eyes were studying the girl at the window unwaveringly, in spite of his fear— and as Emma looked into those eyes, she could just about see the outline of the strange figure reflected in them. 
can I come in? came the muted voice again, delivered with precisely the same timbre as before. Nervously, Emma stroked Amadeus's head again, refusing to look away from him, refusing to acknowledge her troubling visitor. A thousand thoughts ran a track through her mind. What did the girl want? Where did she come from? Had she followed her to the Zetland from Gisborough? What had she wanted with her aunt? And lastly, what would it take to get rid of her? And then once again, the harsh words of her belligerent aunt flashed into her mind. I told her to bugger off. Could it be as simple as that? At that very moment, Amadeus broke eye contact with the strange figure, and, like he'd heard Emma's thoughts, issued a soft bark, the gentlest she'd ever heard her little pal muster, a bark of encouragement. Full of resolve now, Emma turned to the window and came face to face with the girl, as she said again, Can I come in? But it wasn't a girl, nothing of the sort. Emma frowned as she beheld it, a thing like a doll with a rubber face, soot-black eyes with a wide, grinning mouth, straw-like hair short and dishevelled. Even as she looked, its thin, pale neck seemed to be expanding and contracting, lifting the weird head up and down, a sight that both shocked and sickened her. But those eyes held her gaze— so that after a moment or two she found it impossible to look away, those empty pools into which all of her restraint seemed to dive and drown. Aunt Ethel wouldn't have noticed, was too far gone to have noticed. She'd have been far too preoccupied with the notion of getting rid. A stranger seeking admittance to her property in the middle of the night? No chance, girl or creature." With the image of old Ethel's creased countenance in her mind, Emma was able to momentarily distract herself from the penetrating stare of the thing standing before her, and, as she did so, coughed up a marching order worthy of her aunt. Won't you just bugger off? And just like that, it was gone. It skulked away, collapsed from view, and verily rolled away disappearing amongst the hedges lining the Zetland's perimeter. But for all the oddity she just experienced, Emma wasn't overwrought. She hadn't felt threatened by the mysterious caller, merely annoyed, as though the purpose of the thing was to test her resolution, for some reason or other. She'd certainly have a tale to tell when she reunited with Aunt Ethel the following morning. Amadeus barked again, Emma looked down at him, and was thrilled to see his short tail going like the clappers, an expression of elation on his canine chops. She'd call it a smile, if she didn't know better. Thanks for listening today. Join us again tomorrow for the next part.